Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of the Ryan Holt Show podcast. Today, I have a lovely, lovely guest. Um, But before we get into everything that she has to say and interviewing her, I want to give some special shout outs to all my listeners. Um, Thank you so much for everything. Uh, You guys have been absolutely fantastic. I just want to let you know about our brand new Instagram account, which is at Ryan Holt Show podcast. Um, You know, this podcast has been great and we just want to kind of syndicate that into the community. Um, we also started the hashtag called I Listen to the Ryan Holt Show podcast, where people will take pictures uh, of themselves listening to the show. Uh, and then basically, if you tag it with I Listen to Ryan Holt Show podcast hashtag, uh, we're going to select one lucky winner each month and donate $100 to their charity of choice. Um, and so far, we've had about 10 uh, entries everywhere from ranging from Hong Kong to Chicago, a couple from Edmonton. So we're super excited about that. But uh, without further ado, let's get into this interview. I am super excited. Um, first off, before I get into Navin's bio, uh, shout out to her husband for letting some crazy guy come up in their house. No, you are not getting the address. This is not, you know, we're not tracking this. This is Navin's home in her, in her office where, you know, she likes to work and where creativity happens. Uh, Navin, I know as a designer and an artist, um, where you work out of and what inspires you is often a very intimate and personal thing. So I really uh, appreciate you opening up your home to the Ryan Holt Show podcast. Uh, Navin Sidhu holds a bachelor's degree in engineering from the University of Alberta Civil uh, Environment, 2009. Following completion of her degree, she worked with Epcor Water overseeing hydraulic network and analysis sorry, analysis with the water distribution and transmission department and subsequently project and asset management with the project and technical services department. After leaving Epcor in 2015, Navin pursued a diploma in interior design and incorporated her company FabHab Interiors, Inc. Since then, she has enjoyed a multitude of projects ranging in depth and diversity from in-home consultations to articulate floor plan design and layout, including final staging and decor. She and her husband, Danny, have been married for 11 wonderful years and have two amazing children, their daughter, Mira, six, and son, Nikhil, uh, three. Navin's uh, unique skill set and passion for design allow her to create specs that manage the intersection of function and beauty, ultimately enabling her clients to live their best lives. Um, you know, I'm going to start off with a quote. The separation between where I want to go and where I am is often work ethic. What does work ethic mean to you? Yeah, work ethic, I mean, yeah, this is so, I feel like starting from, right from my engineering degree, this is this has been ingrained in me so, so, so deeply. Um, ideas are great. Um, passion is great. But those things are, those things start the fire. 
Um, it doesn't keep it burning though. What Absolutely. keeps it burning is that work ethic, is that ability to drive those, you know, execute essentially. Um, Absolutely. Those ideas. So, yeah. I mean, my work ethic, I think is, is I've always had a good work ethic, but going through engineering and having that degree, I mean, you know, taking six, six classes a semester, you know, you're grinding and, uh, and, and I work, I have that same work ethic now. And I think yeah. that's what's helped me sort of build the foundation for Fab Hub is having that work ethic. I mean, I work all the time, <laughs> Absolutely. but I love it. So it doesn't feel like work. Right. And it's you know what, having you on the show, I really wanted to have you on the show. And I mean, you've been on my Instagram forever and you know, social media is really cool where you get to connect with people that you normally wouldn't connect with. Yeah. Um, we've sat down and had coffee, but what I'm most impressed about is that you are coming from something that I like to think of as a linear, a very linear yeah. thinking, um, career and that's engineering. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about engineering. I'm definitely not a trades guy at all. And yeah. I know engineering and trades go hand in hand, but often mm -hmm. there's several different types of engineering. Um, I'm an engineer in terms of life, in terms mm -hmm. of motivation, in terms of business. Yeah. So I'm always engineering in that sense. But how how hard was it to say, I, you know, I, I, I'm a wife and I'm a mom and that's my, you know, probably number one priority, obviously, yeah. but you still have your inner passions that you want to follow. Yeah. Um, as a woman, you know, how do you go from saying, I'm going to like put the engineering, you know, book aside for now yeah. and I'm going to open up a new chapter in my life. How, what was the turning point? You know, how, like what did your, how did your husband react to that? Yeah. Just what was the thing that you said? I got to switch it up. Yeah. So, I mean, my journey has been kind of interesting because, I mean, I uh, after my kids were born, I cut back to part-time um, yep. working with Upcore. It's a great company, and I, I had a great experience there. But um, childcare, um, it just wasn't working out. Um, I just felt stretched really thin, even working part-time. So then um, we kind of made a family decision and decided just for a couple of years until my son's in grade one when he's in school full time that I'm going to stay home. Uh, it just felt like the best decision for our family and um, my husband was totally supportive of this. So we kind of just called it and, and that's how it was. So then, um, I mean, engineering is a very high functioning profession to be in. Absolutely. And um, so making that shift from going working with adults um, in, in, in that type of a stimulating environment and then staying home was quite difficult for me, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm used to, I'm used to functioning up at this level and now all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's diapers and, and, you know, nursing and all this stuff all the time. Keep talking, Navin, and everybody yeah. who's listening right now, I literally forgot to turn on my Nikon camera to oh. record, but everything else is good. The podcast is good, but I want to get video. Navin, continue. Okay. <laughs> um, so then basically we, um, so I, so I was like, okay, you know, it's, um, I need something else. I need something for myself. You know, it's the kids are great. And, um, and I love being at home with them, but I need something for me personally, um, to grow and to keep, you know, my mind busy. So then, um, you know, we went, I went through a couple of different iterations, you know, I was like, maybe I should do an MBA, um, maybe get my master's in engineering. Um, but these things also require quite a bit of, um, schooling Absolutely. and I was like I don't really know if I want to go back to school Absolutely. Right now. so then I was like you know what I'm at home I'm I'm gonna just do something I love so it kind of just came down to and that's the turning point to be honest that's exactly the, what the turning point was, was so basically from. you 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 just couldn't do it all yeah exactly and I, I mean how do I, you prioritize though like you're somebody who's type a I mean I sat down with you yeah you know I I love the fact that we were having you know a debate about certain topics and you're yeah. like you know Ryan I kind of disagree yeah. um how does somebody like you prioritize your passions yeah it's it's hard um but I I mean I to be honest like like total honesty I just followed what I loved like it's it's I mean, I, I am actually quite passionate about engineering as well. Like I like tell everybody to go into it. I think it's a great, great foundation 
um, for some, if you even if you're going to be an entrepreneur later on, you know you have idea other ideas of things that you want to work in. Absolutely, it's a great foundation, and the career itself is great. You know, four years, it's you you come out as a manager usually, and it's it's a great it's a great 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 education. Um, I think it's a great building block. I should say that, um, but I mean prioritizing my passions like it's. Um, I always loved fashion, I always loved styling, I always loved design. So when I kind of had this break in my career, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just do something I love. And, uh, and that's, that was the turning point and that's, that's what turned into, that, into FabHab. Because then, honestly... And how did I, you come up with the name FabHab? So it's, uh, <laughs> honestly... I, and what does it even mean? I was trying so to figure out, like, yeah. I was like, is this Habitat for Humanity? No. Like, what, like, how did how'd you come, how'd this <laughs> so, come into fruition? Yeah, so it's Fabulous <laughs> Habitat. So okay. Fab, yeah. from Fabulous, and then Habitat. Yeah. So Hab, yeah. so Fab Hab. And I literally thought of it while I was driving, because I'm on the Hen Day all the time, all day, every day driving, because my kids are in school, yeah. and one's in West End, and one is um, here in the Southwest. I'm literally driving all day. So I do a lot of thinking on yeah, the road. Yeah. So, you know, and this is before, you know, because I, I went back and while well, I was, when I decided to pursue interior design, I got my interior design diploma. Actually, true story about driving. When we left the coffee shop the last time, yeah. I think you were behind me the yeah. whole way down yeah. White Mud. And I was like, um, is this girl some sort of stalker? And I'm like, <laughs> and you followed me. I'm like, I'm exiting off right now. You kept driving, but, and you look like, you're literally yeah. driving like yeah. this and you're just, man, yeah. you, you look like you're in depth. Like yeah, you're, I'm in the zone. And I think yeah. what's really cool about you is... You're right. I, I get the fabulous. I mean, I can tell, like, you like style, you like yeah. fashion, you like being different. Um, how does being um, an ethnic background, cultured woman play into, you know, modernization of, um, you know, I mean, I know I, I'm very familiar with the culture and that's yeah. a huge thing in your life. Yeah. How do you, you, you seem to really modernize that, but stay really, really true to your roots. How do you kind of put that into business and, um, I mean, your, your husband, obviously very forward thinking, mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah. How do you guys, how'd you, how did that happen? Or is it just, is that how your parents um, were or yeah, is it I something mean, you guys took on? I mean, I think our parents are both fairly modern, um, as well. Uh, and my mom's family actually, so my dad's from India, but my yeah. mom's side of the family is actually, I'm the fifth generation here. So okay. yeah, so it's kind mm. of, and I mean, I, I say that sort of uh, with a grain of salt because it's fifth generation because, um, they the men came to Canada, yeah, yeah. but the women didn't. So yeah, what yeah, what yeah. ended up happening was uh, the women would come, but because um, of how you know the situation was, like in the early sure. 1900s, sure. Uh, the women were extremely unhappy. It was basically a whole bunch of men working in the mills. This is yeah. in uh, Fraser yeah. Valley in, in BC. Yeah. Um, and you're from BC originally, yeah, right? Originally, yeah, originally. Yeah. Where in BC? Abbotsford. Oh. Yeah. So we still have lots of family there. Um, what up, Abbotsford? Yeah. What, what up, up Surrey? Um, what up, Poco? <laughs> what up, everyone? This is the Ryan. Show. We love you, BC. BC stands for bring cash, by the way. Ain't a cheap place to live. It's so I'm hot. just going to put that out there. Yeah. yeah, you spent some of your... Yeah, we have yeah. our second home there, and we yeah. live there half the time. And yeah. I'll never forget when we bought the home, um, the lawyer, after all the paperwork was done, um, she's like, welcome to BC, but you know what BC stands for? We're like, what? And she's like, bring cash. <laughs> and I'm somebody who's very... I like nice things in life, but if you ask my wife, I'm very frugal in the sense... And this is true story, full disclosure... Um, I didn't realize how frugal I was. I love nice things because I'll take care of them and I'll have yeah. them forever. I'm not somebody that says, okay, you know, there's a new vehicle or there's a new BMW. I got to go buy that one at yeah. all. I, once I love something, I love it. Um, but there was one time uh, I went to my wife and I'm like, honey, 
most of my underwear have holes in them. Should I go buy some new ones? She's like, for God's <laughs> sakes, man. You know, go buy some. But I'm so cheap, man. I order those on Amazon and they're to my door. But anyways, going back into 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 your family. Yeah, so then, so my, because of this sort of interesting, um, I guess, background, I think that it's kind of laid the foundation. Like our my grandmother, you know, if you look at her, she's sort of modern, sort of yeah, traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think our whole family is kind of like that. And yeah. I do agree with you. I mean, like I've was born in Canada, my mom was born in Canada, but my mom speaks Punjabi, which is the language that, you yeah, know, yeah. like, that we speak um, extremely well, like I can speak it extremely mm. well. And I do take a lot of pride in the fact that although, you know, we are not, you know, sort of fifth generation here, um, we take a lot of pride in our roots and my parents have done a lot to instill the values um, from our culture in us. And I think that that does I think that echoes in the lifestyle that we live today. So absolutely. But I mean, at the same time, um, you know, getting you know you you kind you kind of you it, it's kind of interesting because you don't you want to keep those roots, but I mean, there's things about each culture that you also want to change going of forward. Of course, of so course. So I think that we've we have a great platform from you know, and it's not just myself and my husband, but I mean, all the people I think in our generation are yeah. kind of in that same boat, and we're yeah. kind of. Um, we're, we're, we're modern, but I think we're doing a really good job at keeping those traditions and keeping those roots alive. And yeah. I'm, I'm proud of that. Well, it, you know, it's interesting because I, I'm sure you can attest to this. I mean, whether you're Chinese or East Indian or Spanish or black, if you come from a cultured family, the old school way of thinking was when you're in high school, you know, become an accountant, yeah. become a lawyer, become yeah. a doctor, become a dentist or, or do something like that. And I like to bring up uh, educational system because I'm, it's something I'm very pr- uh, passionate about. And I do speak at a lot of schools and, and I go in there and I talk about leadership, I talk about bullying, I talk about mental health, yep. I talk about entrepreneurship because I feel that, again, you know, in today's world, we've been brought up through this kind of uh, institutionalized way of thinking yep. and it's uh, subscribe to a lane and yep. pick that damn lane. Yep. Uh, and entrepreneurship is anything but picking Absolutely. a lane where, you know, we're, we're driving through a damn traffic yeah. circle <laughs> and, we, and on any given day, yeah. we don't know which way we're going to pop out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, when I was in high school, um, thank God I was playing football and things like that, and yeah. football really helped me out. I got yeah. scholarship, and so that was kind of my passion. But yeah. when I looked at the university, like, you know, course list or what do I want to be when I grow yeah. up, I had no clue. Yeah. You know, I used to get in trouble for talking all the time in school. Yeah. Mm, you know, <laughs> that's now something that's became a huge asset, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow, grew up. And back then, I mean, 2003 is when I graduated, but, you know, entrepreneurship, startup, that wasn't sexy. So how have you said, wow, I worked my ass off to do engineering. Yeah. And then now you're flipping back over into saying, I'm completely going to become an entrepreneur. And I'm a mom yeah. entrepreneur. I'm yeah. a wife entrepreneur and I'm a daughter entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think that, um, to be honest, a lot of other great entrepreneurs have laid the foundation for me. Absolutely. So I mean, if I... If I had done this in 2003, I don't know if I could have done it in 2003. But it's interesting because I actually just met a few women that have been doing interior design um, for like, I mean, like 20 years. Yeah. So it's interesting having the discussion with those entrepreneurs that started then. Because I'm like, how did you even do it? I mean, listen, like my like 80 to 90 percent of my work comes through Instagram. Like, you know, I haven't even set up my website. Absolutely. It's, it's in the work still. Yeah. So without Instagram, what? you know, I don't even know how they started and they, and you know, they just kind of laugh and they, and you know, they've kind of gone through a similar path. So it's interesting, but I think that I can attribute 
doing what I do today because I've seen the path that a lot of other entrepreneurs have taken. And you kind of pick and choose, you know, you kind of become a gatherer to see what works for me and what I can learn, you know, what learnings I have from how this person did it, did it or how that person did it. Absolutely. And then I think too, to be honest, like the, the shift from engineering, what, what I guess what the carry forward is from that is, um, is sort of that linear thinking because I think that, um, you know, we get a lot of flack as, as being linear thinkers and, and being, you know, whatever, but, um, what the carry forward from that is into going into entrepreneurship is it gives me a lot of clarity in my thought. Absolutely. So I, I'm really um, in tune with, you know, building processes from the ground up um, mm. and sort of managing and mm. managing those processes. Mm -hmm. then. And I think that that's kind of what, you know, those skills are what have carried me forward um, into being able to do this. How do you react when, I mean, you want to be a planner and an engineer and so funny if you talk to like it's kind of like the analogy i'll give is if you put a marketing yeah. person beside an accountant and a lawyer yeah, yeah. the marketing person's super creative tells you what you're going to do <laughs> and then the lawyer's telling you how yeah. you're going to get sued <laughs> yeah. what could happen yeah. all the liabilities yeah. and then the accountant's just saying you just want money yeah um yeah. how do you when i mean a part of your job is um having people buy into your vision yeah. you go into a space you explain yep. hey i think you should have this I, I mean i come into your house and i i look at the details the flooring yeah. Yeah. the baseboards yeah. you know the ceiling the open concept the structural beams yep. i mean things like when i come into a space it's like the space comes into me yeah that makes sense yeah. Yeah. how do you articulate what you're thinking in your brain yeah. to a client that maybe is closed-minded or not as creative as you which is why you're probably there anyway yeah so i mean it's see <laughs> this is sort of the difficulty with with design in general, we never have complete creative control. Yeah. So my job is to explain to somebody that the reason that you've hired me is for my creativity. Absolutely. Because clearly, I mean, if you're, if you're looking to outsource that, you don't have that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just the bottom line. So usually clients are pretty good they're, They understand that they've come, they've come to me and they're very open-minded about, I mean, you, they have to be open-minded to actually reach out. Otherwise, if you're not open-minded, you're, you know, Pinteresting everything and saying, yeah, I can do this myself. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, or maybe they've done that and then they've decided to come to me. So, yeah. so I mean, you, I would say that majority of the clients that I work with are, are already open-minded. Yeah. But um, I mean, I have to be, and my sketching isn't that great. So I, <laughs> so I do, you know, like 2D, just like by hand yeah, sketches, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. I, um, and then I, of course, I get them drafted because that's the best way to sort of articulate those ideas to clients because most people aren't super visual, so it's difficult to sort of relate what's going Absolutely. on in my mind Absolutely. to explain, hey, you know, if we do this being, you know, if we cover this, you know, wall in, I don't know, black wallpaper and, you know, add, you know, Absolutely. like this or what. So it's like, they don't get that. They're just like, huh? And they get scared yeah. sometimes because some of the stuff is really bold, right? But in interior design, I, I feel that, uh, you know, trends are obviously a big thing. Yeah. Um, it's funny because before the, you know, as I'm setting up the equipment here, we're talking about dress code. Yeah. You know, dress code is something that I think is in business is still, so, I'm, I don't know, I'm very interested by this. And, and I kid you not, you know, my, my wife will attest to this. I'm always up late at night reading, watching videos. And I, I got into that subject of uniform mentality. Yeah. So Robert Cavalli, Roberto Cavalli, which is yeah. an amazing designer, yeah. you know, wears the same outfit every day. Versace yeah. often wore the same outfit every yeah. day. Um, Steve Jobs wore the same, wore the same yeah. outfit every day. Mark Zuckerberg. And it all came down to one thing. Even President, former President Barack Obama wore only like two or three different tones of suit color. Mm -hmm. And they said, we have to make so many decisions in our life yep. on a daily basis. Getting up and choosing what to wear is not one of them. Yep. We don't want to put the energy into that. Yep. So if, if, if somebody wants their home to be timeless, 
Uh, for example, my wife and our new parents, our son is just under a year old. Yep. Um, time is of the essence. Yeah. You know, it's changed the way we dress. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we've always not been cluttered people. We don't, yep. we like to see an open space. Yep. Um, but for the listeners, what are some things if you're not visual, mm-hmm. if you do want to clean up your space? Yep. And by cleaning up your space, I think you clean up your mind and Absolutely. your life. Where would you tell them to start? So, I mean, I, I, it, it's really simple, to be honest. You start, you keep everything clean. You keep, go back to basics. That is like my philosophy for design, like every day, all day. Um, it's, if you have a basic, just like uniform dressing, yep, right? Yep. We were talking about that. Yep. If you have a really good, if you have really good bones and you know the structure and the basic finishings are really classic, but you love really trendy things. Yeah, yeah. Add in red and hot pink vases, you know, mm. like accessorize, but keep the basics, the fundamentals of the home back to, you know, back to basics. Like what, keep it clean. Okay, but let's let's take this a step further. So people get it's funny cuz all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my god, we got to get a bigger home." Yeah. Or we got to downsize. Yeah. So, you know, if you have the parents, now the kids have moved, maybe they're looking to downsize. Yeah. People often associate with getting bigger is better. I disagree because I yeah. think that the more space you have, people have this thing where they're like, "Oh, this is empty space. Let's yeah. fill it." Yeah. I just completely disagree yeah. with that. So, usually when I can look come into somebody's home and again, I know it's your personal space, it tells me a lot about who they are. Yeah. People who often try to fill spaces with void items or yeah. products yeah. tell me that they're feeling a void within themselves. Yeah. Uh, how much of the way somebody lives and designs and dresses actually speaks to the soul of the person? Yeah, I, I totally, totally, totally believe in that. That's why even dressing, I think, is so... It's a manifestation of what's inside of you, essentially. Absolutely. And your home is the same way. It's just, it's, you know, it's an extrapolation of what's inside. So, I mean, I, I hate when people are like, I need to decorate my home. Yeah. Like, that yeah, drives yeah. me crazy. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, decorate your home. Like, it's not Christmas. Like, you're not <laughs> like, it's like, you find things that fill your soul. Like, yeah. and you put those in your home. Yeah. So one thing that I do that's a little bit different, um, and people think this is kind of funny, but... I, even when we built this home, I, when I would come across something that I loved, like I have these two busts that are over there, um, Mm. which is basically just like a chest up, um, like a statue and they're on my bookshelf and I saw these and like swooned. So I bought those and my husband was like, where are you going to put these? You know, like what you (laughs) and how, like we are like framing. And I was like, I will design the home around these pieces because I love them so much. Is your, your husband likes fashion too though, eh? He He seems uh, like, like he's got the beard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we got to talk about the beard, right? Hashtag beard gang. And so any dude that's rocking the beard, yeah, and I know yeah. it's not, I don't think he always rocks a beard, but so somebody, I think when guys grow this beard, you can tell yeah. he's proud of it. Yeah. And he's got the little gray coming Grays, through it. Yeah. So he's becoming the, the silver Indian yeah. fox, yeah, you know? Fox. Yeah. yeah. So it's, fox. so, it's, so I mean, he, you know, and he's an engineer too. So I know yeah. his, his brains, are, his brains yeah. always kind of thinking that way. Yeah. So, I mean, he like, is it kind of cool to... To kind of go back and forth with him, because I'm sure you guys have diff- difference of well, opinion, or are you yeah. like, oh my god, he's annoying. No, yeah, we definitely have difference of opinion because he um, he's not visual, oh, and yeah. he openly says that himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he has a lot of difficulty coming into a space and saying, oh, I think this would look amazing here. Whereas I literally can imagine, like I have, I don't, as a child, I had a really vivid imagination. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's obviously carried forward. But does he, this attest to all the superhero shirts that you wear and yeah, cartoonish stuff? Yeah, we, we'll get into it, that. Love it. But, so, um, yeah, so he, so he has a difficult time. So, I mean, it's taken us, I mean, we've been married for 11 years and yeah, it's taken yeah. us a chunk of time to, for him to actually say, you know what, you know what you're talking about. So you go like, okay. you do it. So it's, he's, and I mean, you know, he, like this, how building of this home was, was 
sort of like that that test Absolutely. where he was like, okay, actually, this looks amazing, and this is all you. So, <laughs> so I mean, I think he's I've proven myself. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. I'm telling you, sometimes I just say yes. Yes, just it just saves me a whole lot of grief. I'm telling you, I'm just like okay, uh, and I totally agree with that. Um, you know, again, right? What is the difference? F- for you between design and art and is there a difference and yeah why? so i think that this is a pretty actually you might get some comments on this one absolutely so, i want comments um, yeah real talk baby yeah it is um and i'm gonna give you what my opinion is on sure. this so design i think is fundamentally um it's functional and not to say that art isn't yeah but design usually um well first of all art is often a, bl- a blank canvas right absolutely you have you know full range you can do anything you want you start with an ab- literal blank canvas and do whatever design often isn't we're dealing with pre-existing conditions so whether it's a renovation um even a home i mean you're still limited to what you're, what you're doing and you know you need a nook where you have a growing family you know Absolutely. you need to accommodate for those things so i think that there's like sort of a functional difference between design and design and art and I'm not saying that art is not functional. I just want to be clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> all the people that, out there. Yeah. Like, what did you say? But I think that that's kind of the that's kind of the the like the basic difference. Um, and I think that design is often um, solution oriented. So yeah. we we're, we have a set of initial conditions, yeah. and we need to find a solution for them yeah. at the mo- in the most basic sense. Now the interesting part is how you can derive how you can bring art into that right because that's the inspiration because art is the inspirational piece so the two are so interrelated because often they inspire each other right so creativity oh you know oh i have so many i got so many talking points but i mean just in my head alone i think i have a million talking points but i mean when it comes to design and creativity here's the the thing so let's let's bring up the hipster uh trend uh i do swear on this podcast so if you're uh, want to be hipster <laughs> fuck you uh number one because here's the thing i've been in certain environments and i hate when i hate anything that's clicky yeah i hate that if i go into um you know an art gallery and it's like oh you know let's talk about what that makes me feel on the wall mm-hmm. i i don't like stuffy things yeah. i like real talk i like yeah. real things if you're a hipster and you're saying okay i'm creative i'm collective i'm this and that let's go sit down at um you know, Remedy Cafe and drink our, you know, soy yeah. latte, blah, 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 talking about all the business. And then, you know, Revenue Canada says you made no fucking money. Yeah. I don't care about that, yeah. right? So I, I like the people who are very real and authentic to yeah. themselves, you know? If you're a hipster, you're a hipster. It, like, I don't like the label, but when it comes to creativity and design, I never ever thought I was creative as a person yeah. because I thought creativity only came in the form of like painting yeah. or drawing. Yeah. My wife is very artistic and, you know, the way of thinking, but she's a, a phenomenal artist yeah. and she loves food. Yeah. So if you've looked on her Instagram, mm-hmm. her food is amazing, yeah. but food to her is an art. The yeah. way she talks about food yeah. gets me excited about food. Mm-hmm. I'm not somebody who's necessarily passionate about food, yeah. but when she talks about it, she gets me passionate about yeah. it. You've connected me into interior design because I feel that you don't just talk about the interior design. You actually put a personality mm-hmm. onto it, mm-hmm. which now compels yeah. me as a storyteller. 
I now know that I'm creative because yeah. well, look what we're doing here, yeah. you know, and I'm talking to individuals like you trying to get, you know, conversation and points out. Mm -hmm. And I feel that even with mainstream media, you know, when I go work for a radio station, I could go work for a radio station. Why the hell would I do that? Yeah. I'm becoming my own radio station. Yeah. I'm becoming my own media right now. I don't need the radio station. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't need a producer telling me what I can talk about, what I can't talk about. I don't need the advertising department telling me what I can say and can't say. Yep. This one, this is 100% authentic. So you've created this beautiful car that gets me interested in interior design, but you talk about it so eloquently and you have this perfect mixture of professional mm -hmm. slash funny yeah. slash oh i'm really educated and smart slash but i'm just kind of a goof <laughs> how do you and we call this personal branding yeah. how do you do that and tell us like give us real like even me there's days where i sit like i i, I just feel like i'm getting beat up yeah and you'll see me always smile because that's what i do yeah. and i'm always positive but man i there's days i get beat up all the time yeah. how do you maintain your personal brand and just that navin-esque personality well i think a couple of things so i mean i love the fact that you that you mentioned real talk because i think that that's the key absolutely I mean, it's, what you see in my instagram is me like absolutely. it's not you know there's um it's you know, like the superhero shirts, the slogans, you know, it's, um, that's me. And that's what I love. Um, I, and I, I, that's why I put those things out there because I find that there's a lot of engagement that comes from that. And I don't know if it's necessarily, I mean, I hope that it's translated that that's me through my Instagram, because I mean, you see a lot of fake stuff on Instagram, Absolutely. um, but the people that know me and the people that have made an effort to reach out to me through Instagram, they get it and they know that. Let me let me interject and hold the thought. So when we sat down for coffee, one thing that you really, well, and I, and I think I even mentioned this was for the longest time, I remember you never showed yourself. No. Nope. And it was interesting. Yeah. So, you know, you'd always do like the, yeah. and yeah. it'd be like neck down. Yeah. So I'd see the shoes and I think you had like a Louis Vuitton purse. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, I got the same wallet, man. Yeah. I, love, I love that thing. I mean, yo, I love the monogram. Yeah. I don't care if it's tacky yeah. as hell. I got, and that thing is engraved it's too. Classic. Shout out to Robin Hood Renfrew, man. I love you. Um, but, you know, I, I, again, I was like, okay, all the pictures. And then you got the nice little white space around. Yeah. And I do the same thing. Yeah. But now I see you starting to show yourself yeah. a little bit. So why were you not showing yourself? And what was the yeah. purpose? And why have you now started to blend yourself on your Instagram account. So, I mean, I think that, and it was interesting because I don't think I consciously didn't show myself. I think I was showcasing my outfits or my style as part of my personal brand. And um, I never really noticed that. I mean, I like it was obviously intentional, but I think it was also kind of subconscious because when I met with you and you're like, you know, it kind of, <laughs> I thought it was kind of just like mysterious. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's like whatever. Yeah. And I still do it sometimes. But um, when you were like, you're like, it kind of makes people not trust you. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's so funny because I said to I said to my wife, and your I hope your husband listens to this yeah. because I literally said, and I was like, um, so when we're meeting for coffee, I'm like, I don't even know what you look like. Yeah. Uh, don't take this the wrong way, but can you DM me a picture of yourself? So she sent me a picture of her and her husband, and then in the picture, she's like, I'm the one on the left. Clearly, he was the tall guy with the beard. And I'm like, I don't think that's your husband. Just in case. And, but it was hilarious because and before I even requested the picture, I, I went deep into the gram. Yeah. And I didn't see anything. Yeah. So I'm like, who yeah. the hell is this person? Yeah. I mean, I see like, I don't know, your clothing. Yeah. And so I think that's interesting. So I mean, that kind of highlighted it to me. And then also that's kind of when things started to really pick up for me too, because I, I would start meeting up with people that knew me through Instagram. And then it's like, if you're at a coffee shop, it's like, wait a second, this person doesn't know who I am. Right. And it was kind of like, well, I don't want to DM people pictures of myself Absolutely. every time so yeah. 
So I kind of started thinking more about it. And I mean, I started, you know, we did that little video that we that I posted um, of you and I. And, mm-hmm. and then um, and then from there on, I was like, OK, like, let's just go with it. So I just kind of rolled with it. And I mean, that's kind of how everything in my entrepreneurship has kind of gone. I just roll with it. You know, if something looks like it doesn't work or something, I'm just like, hmm, somebody made a really interesting point. So let's just try it out and see what happens. Now, do you find that you get more engagement with the pictures that you show of yourself? Now, I mean, I always like to say common sense. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think people like to relate to you. Absolutely. And it's like, if there's no, um, I mean, content is huge, right? You can't, um, content will only take you so far. Absolutely. But if there's no engagement, then I mean, there's no point really, right? No, it'll only get you so far. So I think that those personal pictures and having that engagement is what's sort of driving things forward right now. So a starving artist is not starving because their art sucked. A starving artist is starving because nobody knew about their fucking art. Period. Yeah. And uh, it's going to segue me into one of my favorite architectural people ever in the world. God bless her soul. She passed away in March 2016, mm-hmm. but her name is Zaha Hadid. And I'm just going to read a little blurb if nobody knows sure. about her. But she was the first woman to receive a Pritzker Architecture Prize in 2004. She received the UK's most prestigious architectural award, the Sterling Prize, in 2010, 11, 12. She was made a dame by Elizabeth II for services to architecture. And in 2015, she became the first and only woman to be awarded the Royal Gold Medal from the Royal Institute of British Architects. And, um, you know, if I was a guy, this is one of her quotes. She said, if I was a guy, they would think I'm just opinionated. Mm -hmm. But as a woman, I'm difficult. I mean, I can't change sex, right? Yeah. And, you know, my wife is Arabic. And, I mean, there's lots of cultural things when it comes to the Middle Eastern culture and things like that, um, especially man versus uh, um, female and things like that. But think about her. She was born in October 1950. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming she's probably born into a family that was very, like, boom, in yeah. terms of being, you know, Arab and all that stuff. And she basically said, screw it. Like, I'm going to go and follow my passion. Yeah. Um, her architecture is probably my favorite out of everybody I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I think she's fantastic. I know you don't uh, know her too much, but she was definitely... Hey, I'm a woman, and I'm gonna I'm gonna rock in the in the male world, so to speak. I know things have changed a lot, but when she came in, we were still stuck in, you know. Yeah. I, so what do you think about that? Well, I think that it's you know, I agree with her her comment that you know it's you're opinionated versus you know, and there's this there's this sort of dich- like I mean, there's obviously a dichotomy um, between women that um, you know it's that bossy versus boss. Absolutely. And um, and I. That's changing. Like that's sort of shifting now. So yeah, I mean, for yeah. like a lo- a large chunk of time, there was like a lot of literature, even from um, in women's studies, that was sort of articulating: Do we even need women's studies anymore? And it's and you know, with the sort of political climate and stuff, things have things have kind of changed a little bit, and things are and that sort of you know boss babe. Pick up a and- cookie, Navin. We gotta eat a cookie. <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten a cookie on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm awesome. listening. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Take a bite. So I think. Oh, oh there we well, go. Well, I can't talk and. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> so um, 
so I think that that's interesting because I think that yeah, men get men get branded as good leaders, and women get and I'm gonna swear, is that okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> women get Ooh. branded as bitches if they're if they're strong, and it's unfortunate. And I do see a shift there. Um, Let me interject. When I married my wife, yeah, she has the ability to be an amazing bitch. Yeah, I could not be with a woman yeah. who's passive. Yeah, and I don't. When we say the word bitch, it's derogatory, but I don't mean it that way. But I, being raised by a single mom yeah. who passed away at a young age for me, it's not that I'm pro-woman. I'm just pro-good person. Yeah, and I never ever seen male, female. I yeah. never seen black, white, brown, whatever. Yeah. If I meet a shitty person, I've met a shitty person. Yeah. If I've met a great person, I've met mm -hmm. a great person. And I think that um, when I see all these, you know, any kind of things that's not inclusive or equality or you know, LGBT community or, you know, yeah. bullying in school or, um, you know, in, in our schools right now, social media is a cause for literally kids yeah. who are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 committing suicide. Yeah. And <clears throat> uh, one is too many. Yeah. And it's happening here yeah. in Edmonton, yeah. Alberta, mm -hmm. Canada. Yep. So, you know, Finish your point, and I and I totally agree with you. And and I wanted to have you on the show because I think this is where this is where you do pack a punch. Yeah, and I think that so I mean, going back, and I mean I don't want to use the term bitch. I mean I'm taking that term and I'm owning it by saying that. I just want to be clear. So it's like you know you Deuces. yeah like you take these terms you know like and it's and you see this a lot in in, in women's studies and you know feminist culture like mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. um, they take these terms and and they own them right. And I mean you see that within the like like within the black community as well. Mm -hmm. You own it. Hell so, yeah. Um, and I mean, we're speaking from a place of education. So I mean, it's not, you know, and, and so I just wanted to be clear about that. So, but um, I think that it's... Um, Hashtag we don't give a shit, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Navin's always trying to be so politically correct. I love her for it. Well, I'm going to come in and I'm going to always make sure I that we keep it. it the real talk. Go ahead. So I get asked that question a lot, like even um, just being a female in, in engineering. And I just think it's so... I think it's so interesting, and, and I like to highlight this because I can honestly say, and I don't know if people think I'm lying when I say this, I just never let it be an issue, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It just truly wasn't. Like, Absolutely. And I honestly, like, I don't give a shit. Like, maybe people were like, oh, it's a female engineer, but I never heard that, and I never heeded it, and I never cared. You know what's so weird is that, oh, Jesus is so good. This is why I love podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I am a, okay. My mom is uh, German and my dad is Jamaican. So I'm technically half Jamaican, half German. Mm -hmm. But I always like to give an analogy. If I committed a crime, the police would not say, look at that half German guy running down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Hell no. They'd yeah. be like, there's some black dude on the block. Like, yeah. So even though I'm half of, yeah. like half of that, to society, I'm still a black dude. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of people always like in my community or my um you know workplace so to speak where i do business in the automotive sector yep. you know you don't see a lot of you know quote unquote black dudes doing certain different things and things like that and i never i never ever label myself or really bring up the subject because i feel that it's almost like doing good work i i feel like yes you should talk maybe a little bit about why you do good work or, yep. or your good work but if you do great work the great work will talk for itself yep. so for me clearly yep. you know yep. and i think that for my community um, there is a little bit, sometimes you do see that and it's straight up. It's a little bit of a slave mentality coming in because if you go to the United States and I mean, look at that, you go to certain areas there and it's still yeah. 
terrible. Yep. Uh, Chicago, I mean, you got people living the high life, and then you go to the south side, and it's literally, they got more deaths than over in Iraq. Yeah. And and this is a, a segregated area still, and yeah. people are, you know, they like to not really go there and talk about it, but I will. But I think for me, it's not that I'm carrying a flag and saying, I'm representing, yeah. but I'm representing that, yo, because I've had younger people, younger guys, younger girls who are, you know, visible minority, yeah. right to East Indian, to Asian, yeah. who have messaged me and said, Ryan, like, how have you, you know, I'm going into a predominantly this, and I always tell them, I, I'm like, just stop. Yeah. Just stop right there. Yeah. You are not going, don't even go yeah. there in your yeah. mind. You are not going into predominantly anything. Mm-hmm. You are you going into that. Yep. Yeah. And treat it like that and mm-hmm. kill it and crush it. Yep. And if you really want it, work 10 times as hard. Yep. And don't complain about it. Yep. If you're going to be an entrepreneur or a CEO or successful in life, it's funny because people say, man, Ryan, you go to BC, you live half your life there. How is that possible? I put in the work. But here's the thing. When there's a good day, it's mine. Yeah. When there's a bad day, it's mine. When there's shit, it's all of my shit. I love it. I love feeling like the world is on my mm-hmm. shoulders. It is where it like I am comfortable in shit. It's where I operate the best. Mm-hmm. And as a CEO, CEO or entrepreneur, somebody's being sec- <laughs> successful, people come to me and say, Ryan, what's your tips? And they're like, oh, Ryan, no, no, we, we won't do that on Sunday. It's Sunday. I'm like, oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter for me. My life is spent like this a lot of the time. My wife is, has her own business too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have my phone or my laptop right here. And I got my Sunday on right here and we're rocking it. Mm-hmm. That's the best part about it. So back to your point, um, you said, you know, I just didn't make it an issue. Yeah, it's it's just never been an issue. And I think that um, I agree. I love that, that you say you go you go into it being you. Because Absolutely. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, maybe I did. Maybe I did have to work harder. Mm. And, you know, I mean, it's <clears throat> there's like a few times like where I, I do remember and I was very sort of like almost like a visceral reaction. I'd walk into a room and there was, you know, 10 middle-aged men there and here's me, you know, like 25. So, I mean, there's like a few times where I definitely noticed it. But again, um, you know, you kind of, you know, brace yourself, you steal yourself, you go in and you're like, you know, I have the same level of education as anybody here. Mm. Don't have the same experience, but mm. hey, I'm very willing to admit that and I'm very willing mm. to learn. And I think that that's also key um, in entrepreneurship and, and having mm. your own business is I think that as having that open-minded, that learning mentality, that's what allows you, you know, you walk into a room and don't be high maintenance, walk into the room and say, hey, I don't know this. So can you teach me or can I learn? Because there's the power that you, you know, people want to be validated you know, at the end of the day. So it's like, if I, I used to do this with a lot of the trades that I used to work with. Um, so it's, these guys have been doing their job for like 30 years and I'm, you know, a newbie, you know, engineer, like right out the door. And then, you know, engineers get this bad rap for mm-hmm. it because they come in thinking they know everything. Mm-hmm. And this carries forward to interior design too. You know, it gets so many of these people have been doing this for way, way, way longer than I have, but I'm so willing to learn, like mm. teach me. Like I, I appreciate the fact that you've now taken time out of your day to meet me for coffee and to explain something mm. to me, you know, that's, and, and it's validating that. And I think that people really, there's a lot of engagement there. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, you just, you walk it, you know, you, you come in being you and willing to learn absolutely you know jason maiden who we're going to get into shout out jason maiden if people don't know jason maiden is he's uh i think he's a half black half white dude but anyways he is a a shoe designer um that works for nike which uh was formerly their lead designer worked on the air jordan line um and uh became the lead 
just to give context, in Nike, to become a lead designer, it, you're looking at 15 years inside the company. Uh, he was a young guy that did it in five. And he did 100 sketches a day. So he'd literally have his mom take him to Foot Locker so he could like take pictures of the shoes. And then he would sketch 100 times a day. But he said, the biggest enemy is your inner me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And it's funny because when anybody comes to me and says, I can't get this opportunity because I feel like this person is uh, blocking me. I don't know if it's the sports person in me, but I was a running back in football. Mm-hmm. If you come at me, I'm going to run through you, yeah. run around you, mm-hmm. or completely exterminate you out of the way. It's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm. It, it comes down to the work ethic. But I think that when I hear you talk, um, you know, or if you were to give advice, I'll be really honest. The same people that you would say, oh, maybe they are, they're going to oppress me. They're the ones that give me the biggest opportunity. I mean, my biggest clients, they're all Caucasian, most mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. They just straight up are. Yeah. And you're right. They're, they're a lot older than me a lot of the times. I mean, my clients are like probably double my age almost yeah. in a lot of scenarios. Um, and they've been doing what they've been doing way longer than what I've been doing what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. But they look at me and say, Ryan, I love your fresh approach, mm-hmm. um, your resume, so to speak, yeah. you know, or I call it I am enough wall where it's the, you know, Ryan Hall of Fame with all the magazines and all that <laughs> speaks for itself. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, we like your vibe. And yeah, some days you kind of walk out of a meeting and there's been times where I'm like, oh, my God, I just got that deal. And I did not walk in. Like, you're younger yeah. still. Like, I'm humble. Yeah. I'm humil- like I have yeah. humility. So yeah. when I walk into any scenario, I'm not like, oh, yo, man, I'm yeah. going to kill that. Yeah. No, because the humility in me says, no, yeah. like, chill. And I'm like, damn, I go home. I'm like, you know, my wife's like, well, congrats. And I'm like, you know, life is getting really good. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just played on that cautious level. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I respect and love all my clients, past, former, and current. And um, they come from all walks of life. And I think that never rush to judgment on anybody. Yeah. Um, once you start asking them a little bit about themselves, you'd be surprised on exactly what that person's values really are so yeah no I love that and I think that and I love the fact that because you you have a great work ethic and I think that you know that the quote you mentioned where your biggest obstacle is your inner me yeah biggest enemy I mean essentially you know at the end of the day one of the biggest things that you can do to overcome that and I think a lot of people struggle with this in entrepreneurship I think one of the biggest things you can do is plan and prepare so you know you're walking into those meetings but and I'm gonna sort of paraphrase Chris Hadfield here that, oh that, yeah that yeah 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 you know he one of the things he says is you know nobody launches into space with their fingers crossed and I love that <laughs> right yeah. you don't walk into that meeting with your fingers crossed yeah. I didn't come here today with my fingers crossed I planned well it's so right? funny when somebody's ever trying to get an opportunity or do something, um, it is a good saying, but basically what you do is you figure out all the reasons somebody could say no to you yeah. and you take those all off the table before mm-hmm. you even get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, what is it? Marcus Aurelius wrote a really good book, but uh, The Art of War by Sun Tzu is huge, right? If you know you're going somewhere and this is your goal, mm-hmm. I mean, most wars are won before they even fire a gun. And that's where... You know, the strategy side of my brain is how can I win this battle without even having to show up, basically? Mm-hmm. And that's how I ran my whole business. Yeah. And my, my business philosophy is I don't pitch. It's a, there's a no pitching, a no cold calling, a no come hire Ryan policy for my company. Yeah. And, you know, four years strong, never, ever, ever went to a client. Everything has been word of mouth. Yeah. Or, yeah, social media. Whoo! Yeah. I mean, online has been massive mm-hmm. for my business because... I think once somebody becomes any, you know, point of curiosity, 
naturally you're going to go and check me out. You're going to go Google me. You're going to go look at all my profiles. And then you're probably going to say, what the hell does this guy even do? Well, yeah. I'm happy you asked. Yeah. So then you're going to figure all that out for yourself and decide for yourself if that's the right fit yeah. or that's the wrong fit. So Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and I think, you know, it's... and. You know, I'm going to quote Einstein here as well. Yeah. I think that it's like, you know, going back to that sort of like inner overcoming, you know, you've won the battle before you've got there. That sort of line of thinking is what's interesting about that is you're actually reaching into yourself, like into your energy. And I think that and that's sort of what separates people from being successful absolutely at this and not because absolutely. if you've won the battle within yourself and you've sort of gone into it with, you know, glass half full versus glass half empty. Yeah, that's like. I mean, a huge part of like, for me, that's, I know that that's been really key. So I, you know, and everybody works with it, you know, like I have bad days too. It's not like some days I'm just like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, you know, like want to punch myself in the head. What do you do when you have a bad day? Like, have you cried since owning owning your own business? Um, You know, I, I, I haven't cried about anything work related. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Have you, but have you cried since owning a business? Um, Are you sure what nothing was work related that you cried about? Did um, it apply pressure? No, I okay. haven't cried about anything work-related, but again, um, I... You're tough. Yeah, and you I... You are tough. But I mean, also, Ryan, I, like, I mean, I want to, like, preface that because I'm... I think I've cried. Yeah? <laughs> Just so you know, yeah. So, I mean... I think, I think, because I, I think when you want it so bad... Yeah. You yeah. know, it, I was that kid that was so competitive that... If I lost in sports, like I would cry at the end. Yeah. I just wanted it so you bad. It bad. Yeah. You know, and you're just either I, I go and pick up a house or run through the window or yeah. or start being violent yeah. or I let it out. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I have definitely cried since I've opened my yeah. two of my businesses. Well, you've been doing it a little bit longer, so maybe I'll let you know when I yeah. when I do cry. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I cried. <laughs> Hash, yo, everybody, I need you to be yeah. posting and tagging yeah. us uh, uh, with the hashtag I just cried. Yeah. So it's, um, and I think like, it's funny because like you, and it's interesting, social media is so funny because it's kind of like this microcosm, right? So it's like, so looking at my Instagram, like, you know, I post all the stuff that I've been successful at, Mm. you know, I don't really post the time that I did a pitch for a restaurant and I never got it which actually mm, happened, you know, like, it's like, you don't, you, so you see one side of it on Instagram. And I mean, this is like, you know, I'm, this is, you know, even though I post personal pictures of myself there, you know, or, you know, all this personal branding is going on. This is still a business account, you know, like it's a, and it's related, it's fab hub. It's not Navin Sidhu, it's fab hub, mm. right? So, I mean, it's interesting because you, you know, failure is, is success in, in progress, right? Like it's every mm. time you fail, you mm. learn way more when you fail than when you succeed. So, for every one of those things, every one of those projects that I have that I'm posting pictures on, I don't, I don't post about, you know, the five times per picture that I've reached out to somebody and said, hey, want to collaborate? And they just don't even reply. Here's the Which thing. happens, Here's right? the thing. I don't ever believe there's win and lose. There's always win and learn. Mm-hmm. The learning aspect, I feel like, from the marketing tactic, it's interesting mm-hmm. because I only post maybe 6% of my life. And I'm very cautious. It's interesting because I think I do a good job of making people feel like they kind of know me through my Instagram Mm -hmm. and through my online channels. But I'm a very private person, Mm -hmm. so I don't post a lot about certain things. But when it comes to professional, it's interesting. I posted something on LinkedIn the other day, and I love LinkedIn. And people who are not on LinkedIn, I know you are because I've seen you in your Epcor hat. (laughs) Um, But you don't really utilize it that much. I posted about, I took a, a selfie in the washroom. I did post it on my personal Instagram. It was with the two urinals okay. and I put urinal selfie. Um, and I basically talked about how I have micro moments in the day where it's just like, wow, 
you know, you're actually getting to where you want to go. Like this hard work is actually paying off. And I talk about how, you know, in 2016, I was on a plane like 79 times, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I've changed in so many bathroom, public bathroom (laughs) washrooms. I've literally put my little carry on baggage on a toilet, changing the smallest little cubicle because I had to make a plane in 15 minutes. And, you know, you look back and you're like, all those little things create the big things. Mm -hmm. And I call them, they're they're like forcing functions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you don't feel like doing this and that this will probably get you to there, what is the forcing function that helps you to actually get motivated to do the this? And big success is, you know, small things done continuously right Mm -hmm. over the course of time. Mm -hmm. So for you, what would be some forcing functions for you in your life that you basically have set up as a safeguard to basically not let Navin get lazy or slouchy. You know what? To be honest with you, Ryan, it's I think a huge a huge part of his, it is just who I am. Like I'm a very ambitious person, um, and I I don't like I mean as much as I say that you know failure is um, necessary to succeed, I don't like to fail. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean you know if I like I said if I you know reached out to somebody and I said hey let's do this collaboration and I never heard back or it was just like no sorry that's not going to work for us. I'll work 10 times harder on the next one to make sure that that works out for me. Um, and I think that I know you talk about um, you don't cold call and, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and I don't cold call for my company for Fab Hub itself, mm-hmm. but I do cold call for resources. Of course. So what I of do course. is I, I've built, and I think I've, I've been good at um, sort of, I guess, building connections with people yep. and that's huge for me. So I think those are forcing functions is, you know, even two times this week I was out at, um, at designer events, mm. just, you know, reaching out, making connections, making sure I'm supporting people because I know those people are going to be there to support me as a mm. resource, resource mm. pool. So I think those are kind of like, I would say that that's definitely one of my forcing functions is sort of that, well, A, I don't like to fail. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that, and then B is, um, that those connections, I think I don't like, I don't want to lose those. So I'm constantly sort of on the move to make yep. sure that I'm building and increasing my pool of resources, my yep. network, constantly building those connections. And, and I think that the clients that I, that I deal with appreciate that Absolutely. and they understand that that engagement is sort of what's driving not just my business, but also my creativity because I learn so much from those people. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think that, uh, yeah, I admire that about you. I mean, you're doing the networking and thing like, things like that, but you know, I, I, I look at it and I say, People talk about money a lot, and I'm like, it's not a motivator for me. Mm. It, it, it really is not a motivator. And people say, oh, sure, Ryan, but if you had no money, it would be a motivator. I come from humble beginnings. I was, yeah. We were broke. I mean, my mom and I had it rough. Mm-hmm. And I always thought growing up that, you know, as soon as I got all this material <laughs> stuff, I'd be good. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it, you know, it does nothing. Material, I always say there's not going to be a U-Haul behind your hearse. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that you're not taking yeah. any of the material with you. So for you... How do you stay motivated when it's not like it's not about the money? It's about yeah. like the inner you literally yeah. and like how what's your philosophy on that? Yeah, it's so interesting because money's not a motivator, you know, and there's been so many studies done on this that, you know, like even for professionals, like there's Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many studies done on it. So I mean, yeah, when you take money out of the equation, what's sort of motivating you? I mean, I want to be happy, right? Mm. That's the biggest motivator. Mm. So what equates happiness? I mean, I love the fact that I get to do what I do every single day, but Mm -hmm. I can still live the life I live. So, I mean, money is a part of that though. You know, it's hard to, to extricate it. And I mean, I think you would say the same Mm -hmm. thing because it does allow you a financial sort of 
background of to course. live your life. Of so course. it is important, right? Course, and I want to, yeah. like, money is important comfort, in my life yeah. for sure. Absolutely, yeah, comfort, right? Yeah. So, I mean, but <clears throat> so I guess so success for me at this point and is doing what I love and being happy, but still being able to to live the way that I live. So I think that's a huge motivator. And I think that, um, you know, I have a lot of support. Like my mm. husband is great. Like he has a good job. And, mm -hmm. and so we're, I'm able to do what I do, but mm. we can still provide for our children mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, take vacations and do these things that are important to us. So I think that, that my main sense of motivation, I guess, comes from that drive for happiness and to make sure that I'm able to continue doing what I love, like so, having that So would passion. you say that you and your husband run your, and you guys are running a business. Every yeah. household's a business. Yeah. yeah. You know, you let it be known. You guys yeah. have money in, money out. Yeah, yeah. Um, responsibilities, you know, those days where it's like, you know, uh, Navin might want to be the creative artist, but it's like, yo, we got shit yeah, to handle. Exactly. So Navin, yeah. love you, but today yeah. is a different day. Yeah. But do you guys run it where, you know, your husband's like, yo, I got the base and I'm going to allow you to go out and take shots, but he's, you know, staying the course. Yeah. I think that's huge because you have that support, yeah. which kind of leads into the next question of, I mean, do you, do you, you know, for instance, people won't go out. I, I had this message the other day. I'm just trying to give context. So, um, this one late, uh, girl's been messaging me on LinkedIn about podcasting yep. and she said, you know, my friends have said that, um, you know, I'm very entertaining and I'm always, you know, I, I should have been like an actress in my second life. So naturally I was like, interesting. And then I'm like, you know, this was a about six months ago. So then I didn't hear anything back. So I like to hold people accountable, even though I've never met them. And I'm yeah. like, so how's the podcast coming along? And she's like, oh, I haven't started it yet. I, I just don't even know where to start. Yeah. So a part of me said, when I wanted to do a podcast, mm -hmm. I don't, I am not technically an audio engineer, but as yeah. you can see, we're doing a damn good job. Mm -hmm. It just started with Google, yeah. how to create a yeah. podcast. And I put in the work. <laughs> And within two weeks, you know, I was basically up and running. Yeah. Now, I think what was interesting about her is I followed up with her actually just the other day. And she said, oh, Ryan, I've been listening. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. You know, would I be able to sit in on one of your podcasts to see how you do it sometime? And she said, you know, I, I said, well, give me a little bit about you, like a little bit of information. Like, tell me mm -hmm. something about yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't really know you. And she kind of got mm -hmm. into this whole long winded thing and basically, you know, worked at an office job quit that job, working another office job, is not happy with what she's doing mm -hmm. and says, you know, I literally am going and doing my same day over and over and yeah. over. And she's like, it's almost like killing my soul. Yeah. So people that say, oh, I want to have a job because of job security. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Let's get mm -hmm. back into the institutional thinking. Mm -hmm. If you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur and you go get any kind of loan or mortgage, the mm -hmm. bank will scrutinize you way harder yeah. than if you have a full-time job yep. and you can show those little pay stubs yep. and away you go. <laughs> Even though the entrepreneur is literally cash positive yep. 10 times yep. more than this guy yep. who's showing the two pay stubs. Yep. Now, that is crazy way yep. of thinking because I could go and get a job and I kid you not, 18, I bought my first property and I, the biggest thing I said is I got to get a job so I can go get approved for the for a mortgage I had yeah. the down payment and the bank basically was like as soon as I got that man I approved that I was past probation approved yeah and I'm just like wow so what do you say to somebody that is sitting at their job yeah. right now thinking that they're secure yeah. when they're not yeah. at any given time that company could reorganize yeah. rejig whatever mm -hmm. Navin thank you so much for your 20 yeah. years of service but deuces yeah. and they'll give you a tiny little severance package yeah. and away you go yeah what do you say to them so I think that and hold on let yeah. me give more what do you say to them when they say Navin you're lucky 
because you have a great husband yeah. that can help you do what you do. Yeah. Because you know people are going to go there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think, okay, so there's a couple of things. So I think that um, the fact that somebody would ever think, and I, I thought these things when I worked for a company. Absolutely. That's why I know that I was like meant to do entrepreneurial work. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, for you to actually even have the concept in your mind that I I can work for myself or I, I don't like this, like, you know, I don't like the corporate hours. I don't, when you start getting those ideas in your head, there's a voice and you need to listen to that voice. Yeah, yeah. And not everybody gets those thoughts. You know, some yeah. people are really happy working nine to five. You know, you, you know, you take your pay stub and you're good. And a lot of people like that. There is something to be said working nine to five Absolutely. because those people work Monday to Friday. I work seven days a week. Like I'm always on, right? My phone's always, and, and you know, so if you're one of those people that has it, that voice comes into your head and you're like, oh, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, uh, something could be better. You know, I want to change. I would say that those people are self-starters. If you're a self-starter and and you're willing to work hard, you will succeed. Absolutely. Like there's just no, you'll make it happen, you know? Like, now, if you say to some, let's say you say to a lady or a dad or who's a single dad and or single mom, because I, 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 I've listened, trust me, trust me when I tell you. I've listened to so many interviews. I've listened to <clears throat> great people. I've listened to the world leaders. I have done my homework. Mm -hmm. I, I am a practitioner mm -hmm. when it comes to motivation and understanding and pain points and forcing functions and self-starter. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 I'm educated on that. But sometimes when I hear the interview interviewer ask the question I just asked you, I think about the person who's answering and I'm like, but you didn't give enough context around it. Mm -hmm. Like, I want... When people are, like you said, right now, people are going to be listening to this in their own intimate time. Yeah. And what I love about the podcast is that you don't have to feel any kind of embarrassment mm -hmm. or anything when you're listening to this. So if somebody is right now feeling completely down and out, no money, credit card debt, yeah. single mom, single dad, what is just the first thing they can do that maybe will make themselves feel better and even open them up from their life that right now is just blanketing them with negativity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that really starts inside of you. That's not something that you can go out and buy a book or, you yeah. know, a self-help book because those things don't, those things only take you up to here. Absolutely. What you have to do is you honestly, you know, start meditating. Mm. Think about, stop for a second and think about your life. Like, what mm. do you want to change? Mm. Okay. You have credit card debt. You're, you know, a single parent or, you know, you have kids, you don't like the job you're working in. Those, that's a list of like, things that you don't like about your life, but how can you shift those into things that you like, where do you want mm -hmm, to be? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm really big on mood boards and Ooh, like, um, you know, boards. vision, vision boards. Ooh, Some people call them. So you create, you create your life. Right. And I, I see that what in my a own mood life. Board? Well, mood boards are generally what we use in interior design for, um, you know, you put together different materials and different colors and stuff to sort of give a visual context to the, it's like space. In the little feng shui thing. Um, no, I think that that's different. Feng Shui is based on where you place certain okay. things in your home. So it's based on energy though, yeah, right? Yeah. Which I love. A mood but, board um, would be mood based board on is, energy too or no? Mm, it can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's very open-ended, really creative. So, um, but vision boards, I guess is more specifically what I'm talking about here. Sure. So I think that when you, you know, I don't really believe like in bad luck. Sure. I think that it's energy 
And you know this about me. I've talked to you about this. Like it's, yeah. you know, I believe a lot in spirituality. So yeah. if there's something in your life, like if you're in a point where you feel like, you know, like I just hate everything right now, you can turn that around. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, corny and like cheesy mm -hmm. by saying that because I've seen it happen in my own life. Like it's, you know, I left work and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I, like this is really hard like to stay at home and I don't have anything for myself but I turned it around you know like mm -hmm. it's like I found a way to make that work for me rather mm -hmm. than against me and I think that's key so but I mean again like I'm all, like how did you find that way though like what like you see what I'm saying like yeah like tact like practical like I mean I know you found the way you know you found the way but yeah. like think about the detail of it like right down to like man I mean I mean I, I I, okay, maybe I'll give you an example for me and that will help you think. But, like, I think about going back to my early childhood, turning point, my mom's death at 13. Mm -hmm. Huge. Mm -hmm. And then I think about the point of feeling helpless. Yeah. And hopeless. Yeah. Um, and then I come back up to, like, maybe 18, 19 years old and I'm like, how can I save up enough money to make a difference? Mm -hmm. I used to get in trouble for school and missing practice because I literally would go work a job because I'm like, I told my coach and teacher, I got to eat. Mm -hmm. And one time, I'll never forget, I told my wife this and she got emotional about it. But one of my teachers who was harassing me in school about missing class, um, all of a sudden was going out for lunch one day mm -hmm. and found out that I was doing like dish, I was a dishwasher. Mm -hmm. And the teacher just was like, you're Ryan, I have like a day off. Mm -hmm. My class is right now with the substitute. Yeah. And why am I talking to you? And, and, the moment they seen I was working, I remember the teacher, all they, all he said to me was, we're going to talk tomorrow about this. Yeah. Because I think he just was like, I thought this guy was just missing class because he's mm -hmm. being an idiot. Yeah. But this guy's just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget just the way he looked at me. He's yeah. like, I'm like, uh, I was about to say, he's like, don't worry, don't say anything. I, I get it. Yeah. And, and it was amazing. Yeah. But here's one thing I did. And it's so funny. I like to cut my hair once a week. Yeah. I'm very big on hair cutting. So. If I was to go sit in a barber, it takes too long to get the haircut. Mm -hmm. So I, I taught myself at 14, 13, 14 yeah. how to cut my own hair. Yeah. Now, I like my haircut once a week. So I, I did the math and I'm like, what would that cost me? I'm like, okay, let's say it's $20, $25 for a haircut. Mm -hmm. That would be $100 a month, yeah. which would be $1,200 a year times 10 years. I've been cutting my hair since I was 13. Yeah. Literally, I bought, it's been two down payments on two <laughs> properties. Uh -huh. And it's something so simple, but yeah. it changed my life. Yeah. Um, and people don't get it. And I'm like, if I want this, I know I have to give up something here. Yep. So when you wanted this, what have you given up here? Yeah, What's been so, the sacrifice? So, I mean, yeah, we 100% have sacrificed. So, I mean, and I mean, I... I went with the flow, right? So, I mean, I left engineering not because I was going to pursue interior design. I left engineering because I want to stay home with my kids. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the focus, right? But, I mean, in order to make that first decision to leave engineering, oh, like we, the budgets that we are putting together because we're going from a two really good incomes down to one. Oh, and that's huge. You know, huge. we, like... And all of a sudden you have to start thinking, you have to start thinking, oh, okay, do we really need this? You know, like it's, it, so we created these budgets, yeah. right? And so we had to scale back hundred percent. So, but scaling back is hard once you like, once yeah. you're living a certain lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that was a huge for me too. I think like just financially knowing that if I can add something to my family, um, lifestyle, yeah. but not take away from what I'm doing at home with the kids. Here's the thing though. People, I think always equate equity with money yeah equity is so many things yeah. time mm -hmm. the fact that you're flexible with your time that's exactly. worth money that's worth money that exactly. is worth money yes yeah the fact that you can be a parent 
and basically match your schedule with your children's schedule. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. I just look at it, like I look at I look at the dynamic in any relationship. Some people would say, oh, maybe I feel like I'm not equivalent in our marriage anymore because yeah. I used to I was mm -hmm. a you know successful yeah. woman. And it's like anybody who's insightful says, no, no, no. By you wanting to be an entrepreneur, whoa, yeah. we have to put everything in, in into perspective. I'm sure your husband loves the fact that he's like, man, I'm working, but man, my wife is flexible yeah. where she can adapt to our children. Exactly. To me, that, I, mean, mm -hmm. I would feel amazing mm -hmm. about that, mm -hmm. especially with what's going on in the world yeah. with people and kids abuse and all yeah. this crap, yeah. daycares yeah. and schools. and Yeah, it's scary. Scary. Yeah. And, you know, so for you, I just feel like that's amazing that you said, I'm willing to sacrifice the very one thing that I work my ass off for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. So, so how did you... But I mean, it's not... See, the thing is, like, that's the interesting point about this because, yes, I, quote-unquote, sacrificed it. But did I really sacrifice it? Like, I think about this a lot because I love what I'm doing right now. And did I love what I was doing when I was engineering? I liked engineering a lot, but I wasn't passionate about it. And I think that there's sort of, like, an issue there with, like, the, the kernel of what engineering is because if you actually think about engineering and how the first engineers got started, it was about being innovative and it was about creating. And so much of what engineering is today is different than what where the origins came from. Mm. So I mean, I love that as aspect about engineering, but I don't like corporate hours. I don't like being tied to, my, like I like space mm. and I like room to think. And I have that now. So did I really sacrifice something or did I listened to those and watched for those signs that were all around me this whole time, and I actually just pursued that. Mm. I, I think, you know, the latter. Like, I do really think that things sort of follow a path for a reason, and if you're open to changing and seeing those signs and watching watching for them, that's step one. Mm. But then you have to work your ass off, mm. right? That's step two. So that's where I'm at right mm. now. So, I mean, we not to say that, you know, I didn't leave engineering to start interior design. Like, they're two, mm. they're very discreet events, right? Of course. But I pursued interior design because there was signs and I could see things that were sort of coming up around mm. me and the flexibility of the children. Mm. Um, you know, you're different. Children change you. Mm. You know, anybody who says, I'm the same person that I was, you know, not, it's nothing's changed. I still do all. Mm. And no, that's bullshit. Like, mm. You and you should change. Why wouldn't you change when you you're responsible for raising human beings? You know. Well, it's interesting. You know, my my wife and I talked about this, and there's so many things like in this first year that we look at each other and are like, "Wow, that's different." And it's interesting because I sometimes I'll even say certain things that have kind of changed, and I'm like, "Geez, you know, like I never ever was somebody who was like, oh, I got to do this overhaul' because I felt like my basic principles were great yeah. to bring a child into the world, but certain things, and I, you know, I just told my wife the biggest thing for me was traveling. You know, I was like, wow, I was on a plane 69, 70 some times or whatever. And I just was like, I can't do that when I have, yeah. you know, a child. Yeah. And, you know, I cut it back. I've only been on a plane twice yeah. since Dejan was born. Yeah. And I restructured my whole company. Mm -hmm. And I always say, like, sometimes when you sacrifice, it's only, only, um, making space for something bigger and better that's Absolutely. coming. So yeah. people often say, oh my God, I lost that client or I lost that deal. I'm mm -hmm. like, just understand that that might be a, a complete opportunity for something that's coming that yep. you need to get ready for. Yep. And things like the podcast, people say, oh, you know, podcast, podcast. It's, it, this is not just a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a movement. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the one place where I'm like, I have somebody like you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, every time I interview a guest or somebody even listens to my podcast, I'm so humbled because I'm just like, oh, somebody's willing to take their number one asset, mm -hmm. their time. Mm -hmm to actually like partake in, in, in what we're doing here. So I'm very happy that you came on for that. Um, 
is there anything else you'd like to say before we get into our fire round? And don't um, hold back. There's no rush. If there's anything you really would like to, to get out there? Um, I think we covered a lot of what Ab- I was thinking absolutely. about. Absolutely. I, um, I would actually, yeah, there is one thing that I do want to talk about. Just come into the mic a bit. Oh, sorry. There, yep. there is one thing that I do want to talk about, yeah. Um, so you know that I was involved with Edmonton Design Week and yep. vignettes and, yep. and, and working with that um, yep. the design community in Edmonton a lot. And one of the things that Edmonton Design Week did was they had these coasters that said... Um, uh, why, why is design important? Mm. So I put, posted this on my Instagram, and I put because it um, executes um, when executed precisely, it manages the intersection between beauty and function. Okay, and that's Fab Hub's vision statement in general. And I mean, I've talked about that. You know, like it's design has to be functional, in my opinion. Can you say that whole statement one more time. Yeah. Um, so why is why is design important? Design is important because when executed precisely, it manages the intersection between beauty and fashion, uh, function. Sorry. It's funny because all those mean to me um, one word, and it's the word I always kind of have. You talk about mood boards. Yeah. I kind of have a theme word usually. Like it lasts for like two months. Yeah. So I'll say this word. It's introspection. Mm-hmm. And introspection is uh, it's. Um, it's literally looking at yourself and actually being honest with yourself and being self-aware. And I just think with design, it's funny. If you look at our world's influencers and leaders, they've literally figured out their design Mm -hmm. and they've actually executed on it. And anytime you're doing something different in the world, you have to be very comfortable with being misunderstood because you're the first person in. Mm -hmm. And when that grass hasn't been cut, Sometimes you don't know when you cut the grass what you're actually dealing with. Yeah. It's kind of like flipping homes or something. You buy a, a crappy home and then you you know you start gutting it and you're like, holy crap! Yeah. I had a budget of yeah. hundred thousand to renovate. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, it's going to cost way more. Yeah. yeah. So with you, what are three things, um, or even one thing that you would normally charge a client for that you could tell us today, in terms of design or anything? Um. So. I do, like, I mean, I do a lot of in-home home consultations, which is what, you know, mm-hmm. I charge, would charge for. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, when I walk into a space, I have a feeling. So when you walk into your home, what do you feel? Mm. And people pay for me to tell them this. Absolutely. <laughs> like but yeah. that's what it is. If you can create a space that has the feeling that you want, that you love, that you can curate then you're, you've been successful at creating a home and, you know, turning a house into a home. Mm. That's, like, number one biggest, like, I just gave away, you know, Fab Hub secret number one. Say so that one create, more time. Create a feeling. Yeah. So when you walk into your space, what feeling do you want? Analyze your home. Do you walk in the front door and there's boxes and there's clutter and it's messy and it's not, you know, what does that create in your mind? It creates chaos. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, generally how you are in one area of your life, often is how you are in a lot of areas of your life. You know, you very rarely meet people that are, you know, their their homes are, are a complete disaster, but they're super successful. Or they dress a certain way, but they're, you know, I mean, there's obviously exceptions to this. But generally how you sort of are in one way, it sort of carries forward in other areas of your life. So if you, if your home is chaotic and it's creating, you know, you're, it's creating chaos in your mind, there's no space for you to think. Absolutely. Um, so analyze that when you Absolutely. walk in your, in your home. What do you want to feel when you walk in the door? I love that. Um, I'm going to segue into, uh, before we get into our fire round, 
Creative people often complain that nobody values their service, which they don't want to pay for. Mm -hmm. You're an interior design. I think this is probably a little bit of an epidemic in your industry where people want to get, you know, free advice, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I think that people who are creative have to stop complaining that nobody wants to pay for their service because if nobody's willing to pay for your service, you've done a terrible job of educating them on the expectations and why that you are charging for the service. I don't think people undervalue creative people in the world. I just don't. Mm -hmm. I think that um, they actually value them quite high, but I think that it's... uh, it is the sole responsibility of the person who's creative to be able to learn mm-hmm. how to educate the client mm-hmm. on why they are the expert and furthermore be patient with that. Yes. So I see all these little groups of, you know, we're creatives, we're creatives, yeah. we're going to gather a group and, yeah. you know, this is what we are and we're going to stand by each other and let's keep it in the family and, yeah. you know, we're going to pinball. Yeah. It's such a closed minded way of thinking yeah. that it, it disgusts me. Yeah. So if you're a creative person and you're that way of thinking, don't even bother listening to the show because you're, you're foul anyway. But if you're somebody who is creative and you love your, your craft, I, I, I implore you to educate yourself on how you can better educate the client. I was just on the Wayne, Wayne Jones Show podcast the other day, and he's a comic, and he's an entertainer, and he's really trying to make it for himself, and he's done very well. And he, But he said, you know, Ryan, the problem with creative people is we're always thinking about our craft, how we can get better, how mm-hmm. we can get better. Mm-hmm. I have a trainer that I'm doing one-on-one consulting with, which I don't do a lot of one-on-one because, to be honest, I'm too expensive. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. But um, she said to me, you know, she's investing in herself. She's flying all the way over to Europe to learn about techniques. She's investing in herself. But here's where what I love about her. She said, I knew that not only did I have to invest in my craft, yeah. but I also had to invest in the portal in which I'm going to communicate. Mm-hmm. And that's marketing and yeah. educating my past, current, and future fitness clients. Yeah. Huge. Huge. So yeah. one tip from me, if you're creative and you have a craft, figure out, spend you know, 60, 40 or 70, 30, 70 could be on your craft. 30 is on how to get the craft out there and educate yep. people on it. And I'm just going to echo that a little bit because I actually just had a conversation with somebody a uh, day before yesterday about this. And she was a designer and she said that so many of the young designers come in here and they say that they have so much difficulty explaining to people why they should hire designers. Let me interject this. If you want, if you cannot articulate and explain to an eight-year-old or an 88-year-old, you don't know it well enough yourself. Yes. If you can't explain it simply, right? Absolutely. Um, And I think that, and I love that you said that it's the business owner, their responsibility to create that value. And so I'm so big on that because why should, why would I hire an interior designer if I wasn't doing this? You know, you have to create that value. Like why would somebody hire you? Think about that. Think Mm -hmm. about that's a huge question because yes, I'm creative and yes, I'm doing what I love and I'm passionate about this, but this is still a business. So all the things that I do need to translate to business at the end of the day. And price is is relevant in the absence of value. And here's the thing where people get, get wrong is they spend too much time trying to sell and convince people that should not be their client. You are not positioning yourself to win. Don't sell somebody and convince them to get something that they don't want. You will have a nightmare, number one. Number two is it's a manipulative tactic. I want to attract people who are in the market for my service. Mm -hmm. I don't want to convince them on that, Mm -hmm. right? So again, you know, as a business owner, put yourself in front of the right people. Yes. With the smartphone that is taking Facebook Live, that is our remote control to our life. Yeah. And it's also a uh, microscope into the world. You can now direct message and send anyone a message at any time from your smartphone, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. There is no excuse. Yeah. Like I said, like most of my business like, and where I'm sort of 
seen the the growth is Instagram, and that's like, you know that's mobile. Huge, so I mean, huge. yeah, I love that. I, I think that it yeah. all goes down in the DM. <laughs> it all goes down in the DM. Uh, it all goes down the DM. Um, I want to give one. I want to give one piece of advice too that I guess I would charge something for somebody for, but eh, maybe not really. I could care less. Every day, take fifteen minutes and map out five people in which you'd like to talk to. Maybe it's regarding business or collaborate with. Send them a direct message every single day, and if you actually did that every single day, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Just 15 minutes. Yep. Map it out. So maybe you want to get in, in line with a few realtors because you really respect their work. You have it all mapped out. Here's a list. You're upstairs while well, you got your cucumbers on your eyes, yeah. <laughs> making yourself ready to go for the next day. Your, your husband's beside you on the iPad doing whatever. Yep. You're on your phone just sending a couple messages out every single day. Yep. It is something so small. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, people will do it for four days and then they'll quit. Yeah. It is so, so, that's how I got to know you. That's how I got to know everybody. Yep. People don't just be wake up and be like, oh, I want to talk to Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know me, yeah. you know? And yes, I got a good following online, but how did I build the community? Absolutely. Because I went out and introduced myself, but not in a way that annoys the hell out of you. Yes. I don't say, you know, you know, hire Ryan for all his marketing and social media needs and the team, but arguably we're a large company that's actually very quiet. We have huge clients, mm-hmm. but at the same token... We, you know, we're just kind of, I love to, the marketing that just gets people's attention. Right. You're pulling people in because pulling you have something in. to offer. Inbound. And, and exactly. Yeah. Inbound. And inbound marketing. And it's, and you're sort of, you're creating that interest because you've built connections. And I mean, I do that a lot. Like I, I reach out to people via Instagram all the time. Absolutely. And I, um, and it's worked really well for me, but I Absolutely. mean, again, like I feel like there's a level of engagement there. You can't just reach out to people and then sit there like, you know, a board. Like there has to be something mm. that you're offering for them to actually want to sort of take it to the next step. Like that's step one, right? Absolutely. Uh, fire round time. Ooh. And we're going to insert some applause on this. Don't worry about that. But fire <laughs> round with Navin. My wife wants to know what's for dinner tonight. So um, we have family here from BC Ooh. right now. So they're uh, currently at my mom's house. So we're okay. going to be eating there. And okay. I'm assuming Indian. What kind of Indian, man? Break it I down. Know. I, I like no Indian. Idea. What do you like? What's your favorite um, dish? What can you cook? Well, I, we really do chickpeas a lot, like shole. Yeah. Because yeah. we're, ve- we're vegetarian. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we do shole a lot. I like balak paneer. Yeah. Are you a hunter or gatherer? Gatherer. Okay. You're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? Um, probably a red. Someone tells you that you cannot do something. What do you, what do you tell them? I can do anything I want. Okay. Who would win the fight between Spider-Man and Batman? Batman. Okay. What is the number one thing that drives you? (laughs) Energy. Proudest moment personally? When my kids were born. Biggest professional accomplishment? Creating this business. How do you define success? That's rapid fire. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. How do you define success? Happiness. What are you scared of? Spiders. Do you have a role model? Yes. Who? Albert Einstein. What is your favorite? What is your least favorite thing to do? Clean. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Designer, clean space. When you think of Edmonton, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Growing. One piece of advice you give someone who is scared shitless. Don't be scared. Just jump. Okay, yeah. I like that. Okay, yeah. you have questions. Yeah, I do. So um, I wanted to ask you um, about blogging. 
Sure. So I'm asking you a question that you're you would normally charge people. Sure, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, do you think I know you blog? Mm -hmm. um, do you think that there's still a space for blogging, or do you think that vlogging is taking over? Well, I think that blogging and vlogging has been completely um, um, glamorized and. Um, picked apart and talked about and romanticized uh, too much. Um, blogging, vlogging, podcasting, talking, chatting, texting, direct messaging, calling, emailing, faxing, whatever it is, is all a point of communication and works as the conduit to get to the specific audience that you want. I think that blogging, vlogging, whatever you decide to do, you have to pick something that will actually communicate what's in your mind and actually educate your audience or community. I think that people come at uh, vlogging, podcasting, and blogging as though they want to make money right away. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make me any money. If yeah. we talk about equipment costs, I, you know, I've lost money yeah. on it. Yeah. But I'm not in the short short game. I'm yeah. in the long game. Yeah. So I think that blogging is huge. Yeah. I think that vlogging is, is good. And I yeah. think that podcasting. For me, I literally chose podcasting because I was one of those people. I'm like, okay, let's get an email subscription list going for a newsletter. I'm like, who wants to read a newsletter? Yeah. You know, podcasting has been the most consistent thing that I've done for my business in terms of um, education. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of workshops, you know, through associations and independently where companies come in and stuff like that. But I wanted something that I could talk directly to you yeah. without necessarily taking your time. Right. And I think that when you are a company owner as yourself, please, before you start, you know, typing or talking or doing video, mm -hmm. consider your end user's time. Mm -hmm. So whatever you feel is going to appease their timeline better, don't make it self-serving to you, make it only serving to them. Mm -hmm. I love the podcast because you can download it when you want, you can listen to it when you want, and I'm not arrogant enough that says, you should listen to my video over cleaning your house. Yeah. Whereas I know you could listen to my podcast while wow. cleaning your house. Yep. So how could I, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say, Ryan's going to take all your time when he said you got to multitask. Mm -hmm. so, make yeah, sense? Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Next. Um, how do you think being a father has changed your work game um, or changed your, I mean, you kind of talked a little bit about this before or changed your sort of business direction or vision? Uh, for me as a father, if somebody says, um, I see all these people out there posting hustle and go get it and like, you know, yeah. we're going to be the best and let's get the Ferrari and you know, business is number one. I just, I honestly, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Uh, my number one is my family. Mm -hmm. I could care less. Mm -hmm. Um, I would take all my money right now. If it was between my family's health and long longevity, yeah. I, I would give it all up. I could yeah. care less about that. Um, everything my family is number one mm -hmm. if a client ever ever and i've had this happen to me where i feel like a client's trying to intrude on that uh get the fuck out of here yep. um is not happening my family is number one mm -hmm. and um i love my clients and i and i appreciate business because it allows me to live a lifestyle yep. with my family so i don't want anybody listening to misconstrue what i'm saying my clients i love them um but my family's number one yep. and if mr and mrs client if you, if it's between meeting ryan or taking your son or daughter to the hospital ryan means nothing yep. cancel on me anytime because yeah. yeah. that is number one absolutely okay um what's the last book you read oh ego is the enemy by uh ryan holiday oh, I love yeah that. ego is the enemy okay. uh it's a great book um it is a great book. Uh, I'm thinking about, I've recently revamped my website a little bit. And if anybody's listening to the podcast, it's always kind of me giving direction. I would love direction. Um, I would actually like to build up my email list a little bit. I have a huge email list, but 
Um, with the Canadian anti-spam law, I feel like it's a lot of emails from like over the course of like five years. Mm -hmm. But I want to, I wa I'm trying to create an email list, like a community where it's, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, I blog a lot on my website. So I'm not going to send you anything that's like self-serving to Ryan. Yeah. So it's not going to be like, you know, down, you know, get my workshop or anything like that. But it's going to only be something if I feel like would be of value. So maybe I read a great book and I kind of give like 10 points why I like oh, the yeah. book yeah. and then send it to you. Um, if anybody's listening and you're really good at email marketing in that sense, um, send me a message. I would love to know your tips. My goal is to have 30,000 on the email uh, within six months, and I know I can do that. Nice. Um, so, Navin, would you please go to ryanholtz.ca <laughs> and put in your email and your first name, Will and then uh, and then that would be good. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the book, and it's okay. fantastic. Get it. Good. Yeah, I love that. I love that about because um, I think like even the growth mm -hmm. mindset is so based yeah. on ego. So I don't know if you talk if. Yeah, I'll have to pick that up. Yeah. Cool. Ego's the enemy. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. OK. <laughs> what superpower would you pick? Mm. Everlasting life. Oh, really? Everlasting life. I love li I'm really scared to death because I just love living so much. Yeah. Um, I just really love living so much. I've heard somebody else, one of my good friends said that to me yeah. a long time ago. I yeah. still remember. She said, I, I'm scared of death because I love life. I, I really love living. Yeah. I, and I, you know, as I l watch my son Dejan grow, yeah. it's just so amazing. Yeah. You know, and I have a great wife and, mm -hmm. you know, I, man, sometimes life scares me because it's so good right now. And I, you always get worried because you don't know what's around the corner and yeah. you have so many things like cancer and health yeah. and all those issues. But mm -hmm. I can't think like that. I mean, I, I even future. It's funny. People always say like, "Where do you want to be at five years?" I'm like, "That's too long away." Yeah. Like, it's you have now. Yeah. The time is now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Can you describe Fab Hab in one word? Or a sentence is fine. Fab Hab in one word. Um, let's think about how I feel. Fab Hab. Is mysterious. Oh, still. Still mysterious. <laughs> yeah, still mysterious. Because I think that Fab Hab has came a certain way, but has not propelled into the fruition. I think Fab Hab is doing a great job of um, going around and collecting those nuts and educating and still getting the base done. Uh -huh. um, and I think the next phase is pressing the go button. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think FabHab is maybe more, uh, you know, I would have to say FabHab might even be more than FabHab knows it is. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's what I think. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's all I have. Well, um, everyone, Navin Sidhu, um, again, I'm just going to close out the show and uh, we'll let Navin uh, plug herself and tell you how you can get a hold of her. But just the last few uh, things. Um, if everyone could go on to uh, Google, uh, Play, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, please review the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, again, I have had so many shout outs and direct messages and things like that. Uh, next episode, I will give a little bit of love to that. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to get on the email list, you just go to reinholds.ca. There'll be a little pop up. Put your email in. It will not be spam, I promise. Um, but uh, I will only send something to your inbox in which I believe will provide you value. Also, please text or call me 780-218-5899 if you're an email marketer and you can give me some tips or uh, reach out to me at Reinholds1 on all the social platforms. Uh, this has been, I think, an amazing podcast. Um, I'm sitting in 
uh, Navin's home. This is amazing. Thank you so much to uh, her husband. Thank you so much to her kids. Um, Navin, how does everybody reach out to you? So uh, Instagram, um, you can contact me via email, which you can just click through my Instagram. Uh, you can give me a call. Um, on I don't think my number's listed, actually, so email me is probably the best way. I did have my phone number Mysterious. on there. Mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> Everybody communicates via email, really, Perfect. right? Maybe texting. <laughs> and then website's up and running when? Uh, I'm hoping soon. Okay. It's coming. Yeah, okay, get it's it coming. done. And what's the URL? Uh, fabhab.ca. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, everyone, again, this has been episode 18 of the Ryan Hill Show podcast. Um, we're going to keep doing them. Uh, and we're going to get to a nice uh, regiment. But again, I hope you've listened. And I just want to give props right now to a company called Sure. Uh, this microphone is the latest addition to the equipment. Uh, this is the exact same model that Michael Jackson uh, recorded Thriller on. So we love the microphones. Sure. Thank you so much for the podcast, love. This has been Boom. Boom.